21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, said, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So all of us should live with an attitude of submission. Uh, a submission spirit and a submitted attitude toward each other because we fear and we reverence God. Then it says specifically in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. <laughs> Wives... Submit yourselves. It's not a good way to start this message, Eddie. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So the wives specifically are uh, commanded to submit themselves. Unto their own husbands, meaning your husband, not someone else's, praise the Lord. He says, as unto the Lord. So then our attitude, our wife's attitude toward her husband should be as unto the Lord. Uh, really, we are commanded to do whatever we do as unto the Lord. Uh, whether it's work in Colossians, it talks about your work should be as unto the Lord. Everything that you do should be as unto the Lord. And if you can't do it as unto the Lord, you might not want to do it. In other words, if it's not pleasing to the Lord, then you don't want to uh, act in a way that is displeasing to the Father. Praise the Lord. And so you as wives are to submit as unto the Lord. Now, then verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So really, the Apostle Paul is giving a portrait, we could say, of marriage or the marriage relationship. It is a portrait here in this uh, Context, he is contrasting our relationship with Jesus to our relationship with our spouse, both for the husband and also the wife. And so sometimes in, uh, in our minds, in our specific philosophy, or perhaps maybe the way we were trained or how we grew up, or uh, perhaps in our own culture, or perhaps uh, what you have envisioned by your parents, you saw the way they conducted themselves, we have a certain image of the way marriage should be. And so sometimes that image is distorted, or sometimes that image even can be destroyed. Uh, sometimes that image is perverted. Uh, and so in any case, we don't want to just live by a philosophy that is not according to God's portrait or according to God's uh, design, but rather we want to build our lives upon something that is solid. Uh, because uh, lives come and lives go. In other words, you live out your life, and when you're, uh, when you're at the end of your life, you're gone. What you did really is going to only uh, make any difference if you obeyed God, because if you obeyed God, there is an eternal reward. 
uh, but yet you want to make your life a portrait. Now, if you consider a portrait, a portrait uh, is something that takes time to develop. It doesn't uh, happen overnight. A portrait is something that uh, a, a painter or someone who is painting uh, has to uh, take time. They need to develop their skill. And so sometimes in uh, the marriage relationship, we think just because perhaps we've done it before uh, that we know how it ought to be done. Well, that ought to tell you something. Uh, if you've done it before and you didn't make the right choices that time, you might need to learn a few other things to develop your skills or develop your uh, ability to be a success. And certainly that is not a derogatory remark regarding your past or uh, my goal is never to bring up your past or make you feel worse about yourself, but rather to cause you to see that there is a higher level, there is a better way, and if there is indeed a better way, we want to shoot for it. If there is a better portrait or image of God, an image of our relationship with Jesus, and a better image of our relationship with our husband or our wife, then we won't. God's image rather than the world's image, and I don't want to let the television dictate to me uh, what my image of marriage relationship should be, and obviously, if you let the television or let movies dictate to you the relationship of a husband and wife, you are in trouble before you start. So we need to get away from the world's image of a marriage relationship or a husband and wife relationship. And we need to find out what God's image is. And if it is God's image, it is good. I said if it is God's image, then it is good. And it is not a hurtful thing for you to submit yourself. If indeed it is the right type of submission, then it's not going to bring the worst about in your life, but it's going to bring the best in your life. It is not a negative, it is a positive. So he says that you're to submit as unto Christ because Jesus is the head of the church and your husband is the head of this marriage relationship. He says, therefore, as the church, in verse 24, is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So then the wives are to be subject to their husbands in everything. Now, certainly in all of this picture, uh, it could easily be distorted by your already predetermined image. So in other words, somebody might think, well, that means I'm to submit no matter what he says. No, if you're going to submit as unto Christ, then it's going to have to be some Christ-like behavior that you are to submit to. Not just any foolishness that he comes up with that he thinks is right when it's really abusive to you, when it's degrading to you and, and it doesn't build you up or in, increase your self-esteem, but rather demeaning toward you. That is not submission. That is control. And God did not give the husband a right to control his wife. That is an unhealthy relationship. And so God didn't call you to control your wife. God called you to love your wife. Neither did God call you wives to control your husband. To manipulate one another. 
But we live in a society where husbands manipulate the wives, wives manipulate the children, there's dishonesty. And we live in a society where we manipulate the kids and the kids manipulate the parents and they manipulate one another. And so God has an order and his order is a tall order, but his order is possible. And if we will shoot for God's portrait rather than our own philosophy, our own image, and redevelop our image of marriage and what marriage should be and God's design for it. So then that's going to take some time. Because just like in any other area of your life, your mind has to be renewed. And the way that your mind is renewed is to meditate on the Word of God so that your image now is God's image rather than the world's image or uh, maybe your parents' image or maybe uh, somebody else's image that you have followed or looked to as somehow an example in your life. But nevertheless, what does God say? Now, we're thankful for good role models, right? We want to thank God for that, and we want to receive from others, and even if they have not perfected the science, even if they're still working at it, and I don't know any that are not, and if you're not still working at it, you're in, in, in a problem situation because you've ceased to believe that it can be better than it is. If you're not still working at your relationship, then you have ceased to believe that you cannot improve or they will not improve. And sometimes people look at their spouse and they say they want change and they are never going to change. But you have to forgive the past in order to believe that something can be better in your future. And so there has to be some uh, expression of love and forgiveness and, and, and belief because love believes the best of every person. And sometimes you have to believe when they are not emanating the image of Jesus. Thank you. So then, he says that you are to submit as unto Christ. In verse 25, it switches to the husbands and says, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So then, the pattern now is that the husband is to love their wife, even as Christ loves the church. And what gave himself. Now it doesn't sound like to me there's any abuse in this relationship. It doesn't sound like to me that anyone is going to come up short in this relationship. If indeed we're following the port pattern or the portrait or the plan. If we are seeing God's image and then we are following that pattern or that plan, then we will find out that our lives will become better. And just like a painter is painting something, initially somebody else may walk up and say, what is that? But the reality is they're on their way. They see something you don't see. And so God has seen something maybe that you don't yet see. And he's put it in his word. And words paint pictures. And if you can get a picture, an image of what God's plan is, then you can begin to work toward the image. And the picture can be developed. And God can draw out of your heart the love of God towards your mate. And so then you can grow and develop together. And growing together in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ causes change change to occur in your life. Are you following me today? 
But it has to be, first, you have to have an image. You have to have an image of what it should be or what it can be. And then you have to believe from the Word what is going to occur in your life. Now, I cannot change you. You cannot change me. You cannot change your husband, and your husband cannot change you. They can try. It has been tried. Has not been accomplished. No, it takes a choice on your part. So a husband cannot make his wife submit. It has been tried. It turns into an unhealthy relationship if you try to make your wife submit. Now, there may be some humor here and there. and uh, I know like Eddie, he's just kidding. He really wants to love his wife as Christ loves the church. And so we're working on Eddie now. Uh, so Father God is talking to Eddie. But Father God's not just talking to Eddie. Father, God's talking to you, and he's saying, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself. So then a relationship of a husband and wife is a giving and receiving relationship. It is a giving of yourself. To submit to someone would mean that you're giving yourself to them. You're submitting to them in love and in confidence and faith that they love you. So then if a husband is loving his wife as Christ loved the church and giving himself for her, then it is not a difficult thing for her to want to submit. It is a natural response. Just like now, that doesn't mean it's automatic. No more than Jesus' love for us uh, causes us to want to submit. But we all know that everybody doesn't. Not everybody submits to Jesus and submits to, the, to his love. And the primary reason is, is that they don't realize or they don't see how much God loves them. So then there has to be words communicated. There has to be something spoken and something expressed from Jesus in some way, whether it's directly from Jesus or by the Holy Spirit or perhaps a Christian who is expressing Jesus in some way. Something has to be communicated in order for them to believe that Jesus loves them. And then a choice has to be made. Isn't that right? Somebody has to choose to then submit their life to Jesus because they are confident that he loves them. So then you must have some level of confidence in your husband that he loves you. Now, he may not have developed that love the way he needs to, no more than you have developed the submission attitude. And so if it's a love attitude and a submissive attitude and we're both growing, one may be at this level, another at this level, or one may be over at this level and another at this level. And, and whatever level you're at, you are in a relationship that you are to be committed to. So a marriage is a love and submission relationship. And it works. It has always worked if it is worked. Now, people with a lot less knowledge than you have worked it and succeeded. 
I said, people with a lot less knowledge than you have worked it and succeeded. The primary reason that people are not succeeding today is they haven't seen enough pictures. They've seen more and more destroyed marriages. They've been through them themselves. And it's developed an image in their mind that this is not a workable situation. But I can tell you, if indeed we follow God's plan and God's pattern, it works. But in a marriage, we all know it takes two. Both have to invest in the relationship. If one is doing all of the investing, then it becomes one-sided and it becomes unhealthy. Although, sometimes you have to invest for a season believing that there is going to be a return. There is going to be a reciprocal act. Somebody is going to respond. Your husband or your wife is going to respond appropriately at some given time. So you continue to sow into the relationship. You continue to uh, invest into the relationship until there is a return. And there is a law of giving and receiving that works in this area of your life just like it works in every other area of your life. It works. Are you following me? So then, in verse 25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself so you are giving of yourself for your wife. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of the water of the word. Now the word is to cleanse. The word is to wash. So then you are to speak as a husband. Speak the word. Over your wife, not just in her presence. Don't use the word as a, uh, a sword to cut her. Use the word as a, a, as a sword that will pierce her heart. Do you follow me? In other words, don't. Uh, some husbands like that scripture, you know, that we read earlier. Wives submit. And they have certain tones with that scripture. And they think that if I use a scripture, if I quote the scriptures, wives are to submit to their husbands, that it's going to automatically cause her to shape up like a soldier. <laughs> but if you've tried that, you know that didn't work the way you thought it was going to work. So uh, you kind of had to back off a little bit and regroup and Find out that you don't use a word as a hammer to hit her or as something to uh, make her feel uh, less of herself. But rather, the word of God is to extract the blessing out of her life. Extract the grace out of her life. Extract submission out of her life. And the love of God. See, if you're loving her and you're speaking the truth in love, then it is effective. If you speak the truth. And, and, and I've done enough counseling to see that people use the word, not just husbands, but wives, use the word to whip their husband. They get their whip out. And they'll whip him right in front of you. I'm preaching real good, telling the truth. But that is not the way that you treat your husband or your wife. 
You want to show uh, respect for her and you want her to show respect for you. In fact, the most great, greatest need I see in men is that they need their wife to respect them. But I believe true love draws respect out of your wife. Every parent wants to be honored and respected by their children. But the best way you're going to draw it out is that you love your children. The best way you're going to love, uh, you're going to draw respect out of your wife for you as a husband is that you love her as Christ loved the church. And that you speak the word over her. You speak the word or speak the truth in love. Believe the best of her. Now in verse 27. I know it's heating up in here, but uh, it'll be all right. I'll, I'll spray some cold water on it. I've, I've. So, verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. So, Jesus is presenting. He's washing the church. See, the, again, it's a relationship of Jesus and his church, which pictures the, the point here is really, in the context, is giving a picture of Christ and the church. And the best illustration that uh, the Apostle Paul could come up with, by inspiration, I believe, of the Holy Spirit, was a marriage relationship. So to me, that puts marriage on a pretty high level. That God uses marriage to illustrate to you or give a portrait or a picture to you of Jesus. And I believe that in one case, that is really why there's so much distortion about the image of God or the image of Jesus. Because the image of marriage has been so marred and so destroyed. And so the devil, you know, hates marriage. I mean, as soon as God created Adam and Eve and put them together and made them one in union together... Then as soon as he did that, then the serpent slithers in and begins to speak to Eve. So if you think just because you love her and just because she loves you and just because you thought she was beautiful and you thought he was good looking, just because you are married that everything's going to be wonderful we all know if you've been married very long that it doesn't work just quite that way. That as soon as you get married, there's some adversity. In fact, sometimes as soon as you get engaged, oh boy, there are some demands. There are some pretty high expectations. Before that, it was just like, I love you. I want to take you out. I want to do all this for you. But as soon as you got engaged, you're mine. There are expectations, there are demands. Anybody remember? But when you walk down that aisle and you commit yourself to that individual, then, boy, the expectation level goes up. And now, a lot of times people didn't even have their whip exposed. But as soon, as soon as we said, I do, she did, and he did, 
Now it's time for some shaping up. You're living in my house. And Come on now. And so, but many of those expectations are a little extreme. And many of those expectations really have nothing to do with the Bible. They have everything to do with your own expectations and your own personality and your own training or the lack thereof. And you have developed your own picture and your own image and you think she ought to do this. And you think he ought to do this. And you treat him like he ought to, and you talk to him like he ought to, and you stretch your stuff in front of people, and you embarrass him, and you demean him, and you embarrass her, and you demean her, and you destroy her image of herself, and you destroy his image of himself. Instead, you're supposed to build up and establish the image of Jesus in their soul, image of Christ. I'm preaching real good. And so what you want to do is build up her self-esteem. Glory to God. Now, I'm not saying you can't laugh because, you know, you got to learn how to laugh at yourself. But don't just laugh at her or laugh at him. Laugh at yourself. But don't do it to the extreme where you are diminishing her image of herself or his image of himself, of who God has made them to be. Are you following me? So then, God created you in the image of God. Think about that. He created you in the image of God. And as soon as he created Adam and Eve in the image of God, and they were to have dominion and have authority, and you're to have dominion and have authority, and now the devil comes in to tempt Eve and says something to her, and she begins to believe it. And now she is subtly... Submitting to someone else besides God. She has suddenly submitted to something other than God's plan and purpose for her life. And so the devil slithers into your relationship and he uh, tempts you and tests you and puts a pressure on you to see if you'll submit to the flesh and you'll submit to the world and you'll submit to the devil rather than submit to Jesus. And if you're truly submitted to Jesus, then it's not as difficult for you to submit to your husband and it's not difficult for you to love your wife as Christ loves the church because you have a relationship with Jesus. And if your relationship with Jesus, I I can tell you, every time, every time I'm dealing with a marriage relationship that is having issues, I can tell you, it traces right back to their relationship with God. So don't get real spiritual on me and act like you're all so holy. When you can't get along with your husband or your wife. Come on, I'm preaching real good. But to help you, not to hurt you. Be honest with yourself. I need a little help from Jesus. It's called grace to change. God, I need to change. Acknowledge that. Because your first step to help and transformation is acknowledging I need to change. 
But most counseling is this way. He needs. Now, if I've had you in my office or, you know, I know about your life, I'm not doing this to criticize you. I'm bigger than that. I'm doing this to help you. Whether you've been in my office or never been in there doesn't mean that you got it together. I know that. So we're all going to be honest with ourselves in here, right? So it's not to demean you in any way, but, but most counseling is he needs to. And then she points back, whew, he needs to. And so, okay. Now. You can't change him. He can't change you. So then we must examine what you need to do. Right? Honesty here, right? Let's just be a little transparent here. Be honest with ourselves. We need to examine what we need to do. Now, when I first got married, my wife and I are on two different ends of the spectrum, personality-wise. I never done a personality profile. I didn't know what I know now. I mean, we're like extreme. She's over here and I'm over here. But we happen to be married. And we do love each other. But we got some personality differences here. And, and the Bible didn't say her personality was holy and mine was unholy and mine was holy and hers was unholy. No, there is no holy personality and unholy personality. Holy and unholy is determined by your actions and your control of your personality. How you direct your personality and how you correct your personality, and how you uh, examine and, and change and adjust because you're not going to change a person's basic personality. And, and when you get married, you want them to be just like you. Well, that would be scary. <laughs> Two of you in the same house, that would be scary. So I would propose a little negotiation here. Come on. A little negotiation in the relationship uh, that there is some change that needs to occur in her. There's some change that needs to occur in me. But I can't change her, so i got to work on me. So in our extreme personality differences, I found out that when we were in a disagreement, we'll call we did not have the same opinion. And we know like opinions are like everybody has them. Right? And so we were not always of the same opinion. So I had to determine, now, where do I need to make the adjustment? I found out if I would make the adjustment and I would communicate from that perspective, then it would enable her to make the adjustment. But if I would make the adjustment, then I go in with accusations. Come on, anybody here? Don't, don't look at me like you got it together. I know. I passed it too long to let you fool me. Come on. And, and so, so 
If I make the adjustments, then my attitude is submission to Jesus. My attitude is I want to please Jesus. I want to put God first. And when I approached that in that way, then I've already made an adjustment. So my adjustment is not determined by what you do. My adjustment is determined by my relationship with Jesus. That's why your relationship with Jesus is so important. That you have a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you need to talk to Jesus about it and shut up talking to her about it. Because you're not in the right mode of talking to her. Are you following me? Same on the other end. You need to talk to Jesus. You and Jesus. Now you can complain to Jesus for a little while and then he's going to say, okay. And sometimes he's a little, uh, you know, slick with it. He says, ask you a question. Like, what are you going to do? And so the Holy Spirit helps you to make adjustment in your own heart, in your own attitude, and then you're able to communicate effectively. But if you go in there with accusation, you know what accusation is going to promote. It's going to promote accusation. You think you had some hot ones. He's got a few in his pouch too, you know. He pulls them out and he starts firing back at you. And then, man, you remember all of your history. You even remember things that never happened. Come on, you, you, have, you have told her everything that is wrong with her and that has always been wrong with her, and she is never going to change it. He's never going to change it. You got major problems, and, uh, but the, uh, the fact is that one of his problems or her problems might be you because you're not approaching the relationship properly. And so you're going to have to, examine yourself because you can't change her she's going to have to change her between her and Jesus and he's going to have to change him between him and Jesus and then if you'll do your part and she does her part guess what you'll meet right in the middle and you'll find out that Jesus is good hallelujah that the Lord is good and the grace of God is good and the mercies of God are there and the relationship is enhanced and the portrait of Jesus becomes clear and your vision your image But if you live in your past, if you're constantly imaging in your mind what she is and what she's done and what he is and what he's done, and that's your image of them, and you don't have enough faith that God's able to change them, I can tell you, the devil will whip you about every week. You'll you'll have major challenges. But if you begin to image them after Jesus and to see them the way God sees them, beyond their idiosyncrasies or their differences of your opinion or or their flesh tendencies, things in their life that they need to make changes in. But if you just give up on the picture and just say, give me that paint. That's called modern art. We've got modern art, but we've got modern marriage relationships that look about like modern art. You can't tell what's in there. But the old portraits, actually, you could tell who they were. You could actually look at the person, and you could see, that. oh, that's who that is. Now, what you want to do is be able to look at your marriage and see Jesus. 
You want to look at your marriage and see your relationship with Jesus. Now think with me. How long have you been working on your relationship with Jesus? How patient has he been with you? Am I helping anybody? How patient has he been with you in your changing process, in your growth process? Now, I know you didn't get saved and become all holy in a day. No, God worked with you. And you may not have come from the same background that your husband or your wife did. And so in that case, you're going to have to make allowances for them. If they didn't have certain things that they grew up with, thank God for growing your children properly. And picturing Jesus in a marriage relationship. Now, if God could hang in there with you, and God can keep working with you when it looks like this is worse than modern art. You can't eat. You ever seen somebody, they just get balloons full of paint and just throw it at the wall. Whatever happens, happens. Well, that's about what some marriages may look like. But God still has an image. And God, listen, can repaint the whole canvas. I say God can repaint the whole canvas. God can take a, a, a mess and he can recreate the whole canvas, and he can paint a picture in your life that marriage can be what he designed it to be, and you can have a relationship of love and submission and the love of God abounding in your home and your family and God's grace in your kids and your children so that the next generation doesn't have the same problems that you had. Glory to God. We shouldn't be making this thing worse, and right now we're in the digress mode. We're going backwards. We are not going forward in our society, but thank God we can recreate the canvas of life and we can paint a picture for our children, for our grandchildren. We can paint a new picture and image of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him and our relationship with our husband and wife and God's grace can image Jesus through our lives and our children can grow up in that atmosphere of love and submission praise God and so they want to submit to their parents and they want to submit to Jesus why because father has imaged the real father to them mother has imaged the real mother to them and there has been an image of Jesus in the church and you know why the devil hates marriage because if he can destroy the marriage generally he can work really diligently to destroy the children and the children are destroyed and then the whole thing is messed up and then the only way there's going to be some redemption here is God's grace steps in and redemption occurs and deliverance occurs and then there is a pattern that has to be recreated in the image and the mind of men but thank God we can start it out right if you didn't have it good in your family thank God you can change the image and God can change this thing in your thinking but it starts in your heart it starts in your mind you're never going to have it better if you are living bitter if you choose to forgive and say God I choose to forgive my husband I choose to forgive my wife and then I choose to believe love believes the best of every person you can believe in them when they are not at their best and you can believe in them that God can cause them to rise up and be their best and 
God can cause them to be what God has called them to be and created them to be. And God can cause you to be what you are created to be. And together you are forced to be reckoned with. And the devil hates it with a passion, but Jesus loves it. And God has a plan for your marriage to succeed. And you can see God's best will accomplished in your life. Hallelujah. So I say let's don't back up, let's pack up, and let's move ahead with God's purpose. Let's load up on God's Word, load up on the image of God, and see what God says about us, see what His plan is for us, and let's believe God for an expected end that good things are in store for our future in Him. Hallelujah. Something good is going to happen to you. That He might present it to Himself. Verse 27, a church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So Jesus is working on the church. He's ironing out the wrinkles. He's, he's got some blood of Jesus spot remover. Hallelujah. He's got some spot remover that will remove every stain in your life. He'll remove every stain in your soul, every stain in your flesh, everything the devil has done in your life to destroy you and to, to mar or to destroy the image of Jesus in your life. See, the devil hates you just because you are in the image of God. And he hates the marriage because the image is Christ and the relationship of his body hallelujah so now we've got to recreate the image you understand in our thinking God wants to renew our minds and see ourselves the way God sees us hallelujah there's hope I said there's hope there's hope for anybody who will yield their life to Jesus Christ, yield their life to the Word of God, and believe in what God has said for them. So God's ironing out the wrinkles. He's doing the spot remover deal on you. And anything like it, it says any such thing. Glory to God. Now, if this wrinkle remover would work on your flesh, you would be a multi-billionaire. Praise the Lord. And he says in verse 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Love your wives as your own bodies. Wow, that'll take you a little further down the road, won't it? Now we know that you take care of your body. He said, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. He nourishes his flesh. He cherishes his flesh. But he says, even as the Lord, the church, so the Lord nourishes and he cherishes his body. And you have to remember that she is a member of his body. That she is a member of the body of Jesus, that she belongs to Jesus. And the way you treat her is the way you're treating Jesus. Either we believe the Bible or we're just going to play games. No. He said the way you do, what, do it to her is the way you do it to me. The way you, the way you uh, uh, treat her is the way you're treating me. If you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, he said you have done it unto me. So the way you treat her is the way you treat him. So I love you, Jesus. Man, I just... Now, you got to take that love of Jesus that you found in his presence, and you got to take it into the living room. you got to take it into the kitchen. you got to take it into the bedroom. And you got to believe that the love of God 
overmasters your life. Hallelujah. Love can believe the best when they see the worst. Hallelujah. So he says, you nourish your wife as the Lord nourishes and cherishes the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. You're members of the body of Jesus. Members of his flesh. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. You are one flesh with Christ. You're one with him. In scripture it's called union. We are in union with Christ. 130 to 160 times in scripture. In the New Testament we find scriptures that talk about our union with Christ. And our value as a result of our union with Christ. So when you get married, you ought to add value. You don't get married just so you can get what you want. You you are to add value to their lives. And if you're not adding value to them, then you need to examine or re-examine your life and what you're doing. And so if everybody would examine themselves instead of examine the other, you'll find that God's grace is in you and upon you to change and to develop the image of Jesus. Glory to God. What can you bring to the table? When somebody wants to propose to you, you might want to consider what they got to offer. Amen. It says, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined into his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. The two become one. They too become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But he said, I speak concerning Christ and the church. So his goal is to image Jesus and his church. And in the process, he's imaging the proper relationship between the husband and the wife. Nevertheless, let every one of you, so no one is excluded. Well, you don't understand, Lord, what she did. Uh, You don't understand like God didn't see, like he's blind. No, he saw, he knows, and he understands what she's dealing with better, better than you do. But you don't want to excuse yourself. He says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. Love his wife as himself. I would say that we got a little ways to go in the portrait process. Love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Reverence means simply respect and honor prefer so then you are to respect so then you have this love relationship he just sums it up in the last verse in verse 33 he sums it up he says you are husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church and wives you are to show reverence to your husband respect to your husband if you will learn to do this you got to practice at home if you'll practice in your home If you'll practice in an environment we could call somewhat safe. So that you can develop this image. 
then when you take her out and you go out in public, it's not difficult to communicate love and respect. And if you miss the mark, you quickly make the correction. And sometimes you need to do it right now. I mean, in public. I'm sorry. You know, let other people know, as well as yourself, that I don't, I don't consider that behavior proper. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me today? So I'm just endeavoring to redevelop your image. And I trust the Holy Spirit to redevelop all of our images of Jesus and the church, of the husband and the wife, so that we can have God's best will in our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the grace of God upon every individual, every marriage, every home. And Holy Spirit, we trust you to teach each of us the way that you have designed marriage to be. And God, we pray that you would make each marriage fruitful and your blessing would rest on their home, on their family. God, in Jesus' name, we cry grace to every home and family. And we pray your best will be done in their lives. And we thank you, Father God, for working in them to will and to do of your own good pleasure. In the name of Jesus. Father, we the Bible said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. By simply calling on Jesus, calling on His name, you can know for sure that you have a home in heaven. You can know that your sins are forgiven and that you have peace with God. Today, pray a simple prayer. Open your heart. Call on Jesus Christ and you can be saved. Would you pray this prayer along with me? Just say, Dear God, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for my sin, that He gave His life, and that You raised Him again. I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you prayed that prayer today, you are saved. God is your Father and you're His child. Today, we want to encourage you to give us a call. And we have a little book we'd like to send to you free of charge with no obligation on your part. Simply give us a call today. God bless you. Until next time. Life is not a sprint. It's a journey. And a bend in the road is not the end of the road. No matter what life throws at you, God has an answer. In life, we all have trials and tests and temptations that come against us. But there can be a life of joy that causes you to endure through the test. And you can rejoice your way to victory. When life's moving too quickly, sometimes we just need to stop and realize that God's working on us. And one of the things He's trying to do is develop patience. James chapter 1 says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. This series will help you learn that through everything life throws at you, there is a way to win and find joy that will bring you success you only imagine. This series includes the titles, Joy for the Journey, Count It All Joy, Joy in His Presence, and From Sorrow to Joy. God has a plan no matter what road you're on. 
and this series will help you and encourage you to enjoy every step. Order today. We encourage you to call us today for this new series called Joy for the Journey. You can rejoice and you can have 